You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table, where we aim to have biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. I am Brian. I'm George. George, and to talk with us today about a church's generational faithfulness to the gospel, we have... John Sherrod. John Sherrod and... Jan Sherrod. Jan Sherrod. Uh, Can you both tell us what you do vocationally, and then how you've served the Mount over the last 160 years? Just kidding. Not 160 (laughs) years, but as long as you've been here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, we both serve with Campus Crusade for Christ, or what is now called CREW. Uh, we spent 15 years in the undergrad ministry, uh, working at campuses at uh, Oklahoma State, University of Arkansas, University of Central Arkansas, and University of Georgia. And then we spent 15 years with Athletes in Action here at Clemson, and then 10 years back in the undergrad ministry. And now we're starting our fifth year working with grad students. Hmm. And have you served the Mount over the years? (laughs) (laughs) How have we served the the Mount? All the ways. Well, I'm not sure I could list all the ways. John started out this morning saying we have probably painted every single room in this entire church, which is Hmm. very true. But we have done everything from uh, children's, to youth, to adult Sunday school, life group, kids stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've been here a long time, you, you would know there's lots of different phases the mm-hmm. church has been through. But probably the most recent has been being a deacon and an elder and um, hospitality, building and grounds, lots, lots of different roles over. And this is our 30th year here. Really? Yes. Wow. Well, I think I speak for all members past and present and thanking God for both of you uh, and for the, just the constancy, I think, of, of your presence in the church and the service that you've, you've done here for Christ. So both in the Mount and just the community at large, uh, you've both been a blessing to, to me and to mm-hmm. many. Okay, well, we have you with us today because our church is celebrating her 160th birthday this year as a church that by the grace of God has maintained the faith and the ministry of the gospel since 1861. And so while many churches quickly come and quickly go, and having lived in New England, I've seen old church buildings long emptied of a church and others occupied with assemblies that sadly no longer espouse the truth of God's word, we just want to reflect with you on how the mount still stands for the glory of God in Jesus. So How has she remained true? That's the question. And just to get started then, how many of those 160 years, again, have you been members? Starting with 30. Yes, this is, we're mid-30. Well, we've been members 29 and a half years, so next January will be our 30th anniversary. Right, so do the math here. That's almost one-fifth of the 160, the 60 years. That's pretty incredible. (laughs) Wow. George, I've, how I've, only got, I've only got 26. <laughs> they got here before me. 26 years. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Um, 
so what are the what are some of the trials that you've seen uh, the Mount have to endure over the last thirty years, or maybe you're aware of some of the ones that they had to endure in 1860, whatever. Hmm. But uh, any thoughts on those things? I would say the biggest thing would be loss of leadership or the transition of leadership uh, Mm. in the church Mm -hmm. over the decades. Mm -hmm. Um, That seems to be something that's not just, you know, something that happens in our church, but universally the Mm -hmm. transition of leadership. So I would say that's the biggest trial. And I would say when we joined this church, John and I were definitely uh, some of the youngest people Mm. in this church. Mm -hmm. The vast majority were in their 70s or even 80s and um, in that first year. So uh, just like John said, transition of leadership and of um, congregation at that point, Mm -hmm. they they knew they needed younger people in the church or the church would have died. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. As a, another one is just changing ministries. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, as your body changes, your skill set changes, um, as the community changes, your skill sets that you can, you know, really t- use change. Mm-hmm. So I, I can think of like one ministry that I did that you did not mention um, was ESL. Yes. Um, which was something I did for a long time, but maybe wasn't one that y'all ever did. Um, and it just as the people who were skilled and felt confident to teach change, you know, those are ministries that had to be put to the side for a time. And, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll do those again where we're, you know, teaching English to students and wives and, and people in the area. Um, but yeah, changing ministry because of changing skill sets and changing, you know, people to reach out to. Mm-hmm has been a, a difference. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but in the uh, the history of the church, uh, it used to be, so they would bring in pastors, but the pastors would only be pastoring for a year at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then like, if they liked you, they would be like, you can, do you can come year. back for another year, <laughs> you know, like on a one year contract. And so I think over the long term, in terms of just thinking about like ministry changes and ministry shifts and pastors in and out and leaders in and out and all this kind of thing that at the very beginning, I mean, it was like every other year they were actually bringing in a new, a new pastor, a new preacher, a new shepherd over the flock, and that's of course slowed down over the last you know fifty or sixty years or so. But yeah, uh, pretty pretty wild to to have read that uh, fairly recently. Uh, and then there was a um, was it when there was a church split, right? Mm-hmm. That was before us, before but we yeah. heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So that was in <clears throat> I don't know what the was it the sixties. I think so. Yeah. 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 And that was a theological controversy, right? As far as what I've heard. Yeah. So one was more of a theological liberal bend and one was more conservative and the Mount was on the more conservative side of that, right? Yeah. 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 So praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thus, here we are today. Exactly. Here we are. In 2021. Okay, um, so we talked a little bit about trials here. What, what have been some of the keys to the church's steadfastness for Jesus over the, the years? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when we thought about this question, it, the first thing that came in my mind is that you've just got to have Jesus as mm-hmm. the center yeah. of everything that is done in the church because mm-hmm. uh, there will be people and personalities that come and go, both in mm-hmm. the pulpit and in the congregation yep, yep. that are influential and there are 
um, will be programs and um, styles of uh, things that churches do that yep. come in and go. You, yeah. So you've got to have your anchor in the Word and in who Jesus is, because that that is what really uh, makes it. That's the only thing that will mm-hmm. last the test of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. Anything you want to add there, brother? I would just say the same thing, that you can't put your hope or your faith in people or programs, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and we just need to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I might add, you know, just not being something we're not. You know, if we know that we have a lot of college students, then focusing on that college student ministry is has been successful. Um, trying to be something we're not or, or demand of people something they're not capable of giving without Christ, I, I think is a, a, a we, we've done a good job of, of reaching out to our body mm-hmm. and our community. Yeah. Okay. So any word then that you'd share with, let's say, new churches? Again, before I came here, I was a church planter, so... Mm-hmm. Custom to new churches or old churches that have maybe new blood in them in terms of just foundations then. So we're kind of piggybacking here off of, you know, keys of steadfastness, but just any kind of foundations for enduring in gospel ministry. Yeah, I would say the same thing that we said previously, following Christ yeah. mm-hmm. and making that your top priority. And I think there have been a couple of people that, kind of led by example in that way, one being uh, Dr. Art Jensen, who is, he was uh, one of our uh, present members' dads. Mm-hmm. And um, he just stood out as somebody that was a man ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he constantly shared his faith. He went every Tuesday night to Greenville to do prison ministry. And then mm-hmm. after his death... Uh, we were we found a printout copy of his follow-up with inmates, and there were over 1,500 conversions uh, that mm. he had done, and he had each one listed out when what he had done through follow-up with that person. And he was always wanting to do evangelism. When you're in mm-hmm. elder, when you were in deacons meeting with him, I remember the first time I sat with him. And we started talking about how are we going to reach the community. He had a pacemaker, and that pacemaker would go. It would just start. And I remember asking, says, Art, what was that? He says, that was my pacemaker. I said, you got pretty excited about that. And it was, I always remembered that because it was something, when he was excited about something, you could tell it, hmm. and he lived it out. And then, mm-hmm. and I was uh, also about Art is that he, even though he was from the older generation, when we joined, we were young. I know, hard to believe now, but we were once. We're still young, in um, heart. <laughs> at heart, definitely. <laughs> but um, Art was willing to change. He was. Will- he wasn't. You know, sometimes the older people are like, you know, no, no, the, you know this. My, my grandfather sat on this pew and his name's on the end of it. Therefore, I will always sit on this pew. But Art was willing to change. He changed, We changed the name of the church. We changed, slowly changed the style of worship and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he was on board because it was bringing new people 
into the church. And that's what he cared about more than having the tradition and what he necessarily even felt comfortable with. So, yeah. I mean, just in hearing that, it seems like, um, in God's kindness to the church, just the gift of uh, strategically placed people Mm -hmm. over a long period of time who have a heart for the gospel and a Mm -hmm. heart for people. Like I think that's the, that's a key or a foundation for an enduring gospel ministry. You got to have to have a passion Mm -hmm. to share the gospel and you have to have a love for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you would add? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like art and Papa Joe as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just uh, these people who draw people in and welcome, invite them to ministry. Mm -hmm. um, Even as, newcomers even as you know college students who you know mm-hmm. maybe some people would be like eh, just a college student they're just here for a short time no no reason to p- dig into them but but you were a college student i, I know and i and, and i probably stayed a, yeah. a lot because of that <laughs> welcoming that you yeah. know that papa joe gave so mm-hmm. and i know there's other you know people who have well, been here a long time who would say the same yeah yeah. And I would also mention Louise, who oh, is absolutely. the that, that was really important to me as well. Started mm-hmm. the ESL yeah. uh, ministry here. Mm-hmm. She was a retired Baptist missionary, mm-hmm. fifty years or something in Alaska. Where yeah. uh, it was really funny. She actually went to the church that I was at and got saved at. I was about to say, did she lead you to faith in Christ no, in Alaska? She, <laughs> she did not. We didn't know each other in Alaska. She was we we, did, we yeah. crossed paths. Like she was there, and then I was there after she had already left. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. kind of humorous, but. But she was also a very influential uh, mm-hmm. older lady in mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. who uh, tr- totally gave herself to ministry, mm-hmm. but also was flexible and didn't insist on, we've always used flannel boards, therefore we will continue to, I mean, right. she moved into the digital age when it became appropriate and she adjusted and flexed and learned new things. Mm-hmm. So I think all of those, it's like you've got to have the heart that yeah. never changes, mm-hmm. but the ways that you do ministry that always are ready to adjust to the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the lady? She was here just, was a couple just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she came with Susanna she's, Marianne. She's 94. Yes. Still very sprightly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Had a, Still had a good little ministry. conversation with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sort of like, the, again, just the... the a commingling of uh, conviction, you know, biblical convictions, uh, conviction in the gospel, but then also a, a fluidity and a malleability, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to to meet the needs of, of the the people and the way that the community is is kind of changing around us. You yeah. know? So the one thing I think I heard as well in what you were saying is, is sort of the, the hospitality or the welcoming nature of, of this church, especially. I mean, how many of our uh, the membership interviews have we conducted and we asked that question Right. Uh, how have you experienced the church so far? And they say, yeah. welcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yep. I don't think there's been a single one I've done since I've been here where something they have, the first thing they haven't said is it's just, just a welcoming group of people. Yep. I'm like, well, that's, that's something seems to be something that's been passed down. Absolutely. Yeah. It has been like that from the beginning, from yeah. the, the little yeah. old blue haired ladies were super yeah. welcoming to all of us when yeah. we first mm-hmm. came. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're going through Esther and we're studying about really God's God's inconspicuous providence, right? And so um, just thinking through the way that God himself preserves his people, right? We can talk about the people all day long, but ultimately there's a God who is behind all of this preserving it. And so any word on just uh, the importance of prayer in the uh, the enduring 
uh, steadfastness of the church. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say prayer has always been important, but I, I will say that we've tried to make some very conscious steps to make it more mm. um, upfront and corporate than simply left to you know personal time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, you know, as ministry style changes, you go from you know Sunday school where you can have times of both Bible study and prayer corporately. You know, you have to end up replacing some of those elements with other times of corporate prayer, corporate study of God's word. Um, And so, yeah, we've had ups and downs as we've kind of adjusted to our ministry and figured out, you know, oh, this is where, you know, we're seeing some, you know, atrophy and we need to really work on that. We really need to let God, you know, speak into us and drive us rather than us, you know, just try to do ministry on our own strength. So Mm -hmm. it's been, I mean, it's, it's not always been. I, I'm, and I don't think anywhere is where it's just always consistent, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. I think God has consistently led us mm-hmm. to seek him better. Yeah. I think too, especially in the last uh, couple of years anyway, we've, we've put an increased emphasis on what's called ecclesiology. Yeah. What is ecclesiology? Yeah. The, the church. Study of the yeah. church. And maybe you guys could even speak to maybe how you may have unintentionally felt our intentionality. Um, in, in just, um, trying to help the church understand what the Bible says on the nature of the church, what the church is, what the purpose of the church is, how the church is to be organized and these kinds of things and the importance of that, uh, for the church's ability to persevere as a true church of Jesus. Any thoughts on those things? Well, you want to focus on truth, you know, and I think, you know, um, as you, if you ever move away from truth, or if you see the the body moving away from you, you want to bring them back mm-hmm. in line uh, with that truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. why, it's, and especially when in a world that we live in where things are so volatile and so up and down. Yeah. So. Yeah. The reason I ask is because we were again we were doing our membership uh, class the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey Jenkins. I had you and Corey there to yep. kind of talk to the prospective members and and uh, I was asking them, like, how have you more recently maybe experienced the church to, to shift a little bit? And, and one of the things that Corey was trying to articulate there was just that there's more structure. Right. There's a better understanding of what the church is yeah. and what the purpose of the church is yeah. and how we're to come together as a faith family in order to achieve what Christ has called us to, to do. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of the direction that I'm I'm going in there is just, again, the church needs to know who she is. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about foundations for enduring in gospel ministry. Uh, I think it tends to help. Again, this is nothing against any other denomination or whatever, but sort of the Baptistic polity of like we're believing in regenerate church membership. Like we're actually trying to maintain a believer's church. I think that right. really helps to, to make sure that the yeah. gospel goes forward mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a church. That's yeah. just a, for instance, yeah, on, on understanding the, the the importance of ecclesiology and things like that. Um, anything else? Anything else on just foundations for an enduring gospel ministry in the church? I would just say um, to, as John said, stick to the truth. Don't compromise. You know, yeah. and that's one thing I do think. <clears throat> even though there's been different voices in our pulpit over the years. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't think we have ever had anyone who compromised the the scripture and the teaching of the scripture. That we've definitely had different levels of ability Mm -hmm. and uh, levels of Mm -hmm. depth of maturity. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's never been a, a, you know, a straying from the truth. Right. Yeah, I was recording yeah, in immersive. the last membership class. That was actually a, a comment that I had made because mm-hmm. when I first started dating Kim, the, the, there was a possibility of, well, will I go someplace that she's been going? Mm-hmm. And so with her friends, I, I, I stopped going to the Mount for one week and went to this <laughs> other church towards Seneca. Um, can't even remember the name. It's still there. Um, but they had an interim pastor there. Apparently they had just lost it. And the interim pastor basically preached quite literally from First Samuel, how you basically could not trust God or trust Scripture. That Scripture was not to be read as as trustworthy and literal, and, and you know, those those kind of things. Sufficient, sufficient, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so we we left that service after the service was done. The group consensus was, "What was that?" And the whole group started going to the mount. So I was spared <laughs> having to leave. One of the few yeah. times I, I haven't been at the mount in in my you know whole time in mm-hmm. Clemson, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that fidelity to the word has been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to close up this section, I think I'd, I would only just add humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there's no humility in the church, it's just ripe for division and being torn to shreds. Uh, family, like a sense of family uh, in the church, I think is key as well, where the love of Christ can, can vent itself and have expression amongst the, the members of the church. And then ultimately to just kind of sum it all up and bring it back to something that both uh, John and Jan have said is, is just to, we have to continue to set our sights on Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the first uh, sermons that I preached here was in Revelation chapter one, where Jesus is walking amongst the lampstands, right. you know, and we're, we're talking about, you know, how as a church, we're wanting to be as bright as possible for Jesus. We don't want to be a lampstand that's just kind of like barely, you know, flickering for him. Like we want right. to be really radiant for Jesus and that the what we need then is this oil, you know, that's coming into the lampstand. We need an abundance of oil. And it just seems in Revelation that that oil is the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. Just see his glory and you will radiate his right. glory. And so I've always just been so thankful for that passage. And uh, I think over the last couple of years, that really hopefully has been something that's kind of gotten into this body again. You know, it's just that Christ is enough. Mm -hmm. Just to keep on focused on him. And here we go. Yeah. Shining for him. Okay. Uh, Any counsel that you'd give from members of churches who may be concerned their churches are drifting away from Biblical soundness. I think if you notice it, you know, to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't see change or you see that change is not coming, then maybe you need to look to serve in a different church body. You know, Mm -hmm. if you see that change is not ever going to be possible. If you've seen that there has been a drift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's almost exactly my notes verbatim. So anything else to to add there? Is there any merit at all to sticking it out? I know people who have in churches mm-hmm. far less actually gospel-centered where they've considered it a ministry to actually work within that, that body. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a, a context where we're very mobile, and so it makes it easier. Um, I mean, not everybody through time has had that option, and maybe the church you have is the church that your family grew up in and the community that you grew up in, and you don't have quite that flexibility. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with sticking around to try to be an influence, be an influence in that. Christ. <laughs> but uh, that, right. it's going to be dangerous. I mean, you're basically... Yeah. You, you could very easily be influenced in the same time that you're trying to influence. So um, there there's definitely value in trying to find a body where you can really just interact and yeah. the pinging off of each other actually produces that, you know, light that people mm-hmm. see um, from Christ. But th- there are times when, you know, sticking it out is, is going to be the, the wise choice. I, I don't think it's a right or wrong kind of thing, but especially, you know, there's maybe more merit to it than like missionary dating or something like that. Right, missionary, right. That's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> missionary membership. More, more, more dicey. But yeah, yeah, I mean, if, you know, if there's, you know, something to be said for, okay, yeah. I, my family, I can be a, you know, a witness to my family by continuing in church with them, even though this isn't the place that I would choose. Um, that sort of thing. Obviously, it doesn't go into your question because uh, your question is really about biblical fidelity. But I mean, mm-hmm. way more often, what we're actually changing churches on are not biblical fidelity issues. Correct. They're stylistic. They're yep. people issues. Mm-hmm. They're you know, I didn't get my say issues. And so, that's typically what we're you know actually dealing with. Not to mm-hmm. say that we don't deal with fidelity issues, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think we got to be careful of that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just important at the end of the day for your own soul and for those that you care for, say if you have a family or whatever it is, right, that, right. that you put them in front of um, sound mm-hmm. teaching yeah. and, and preaching and singing and praying and a body. Right. Um, the benefits of being a part of a healthy church are yeah. innumerable. Innumerable. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Any hopes and prayers you'd like to express for the Mount moving forward? Uh, <clears throat> when I when I thought about that question, um, and you basically kind of said it, um, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, what, I mean, my hope always has been for this church that we really would be the light on the hill that we are sitting on, actually physically <laughs> sitting on, mm-hmm. uh, that we would be a light to the community around us. And y'all mm-hmm. have discussed you know, how that light is produced and just that we would um, not keep it within ourselves, but we would take it out to the community um, and share Christ with the people around us and help them understand how they can be a part of our fellowship too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John, anything there in terms of hopes and prayers? Maybe seeing more people like uh, Dr. Jensen and Louise Yarbrough Mm -hmm. that, they they were not stagnant in their faith because they were sharing the gospel. They were taking the initiative to share the gospel every week. And they still did. I mean, Louis still does that mm-hmm. to this day. And because of that, they're stepping out in faith. Mm-hmm. And I think it's caused them to always be growing and not becoming stagnant. And mm-hmm. that we'd all be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we would continue to uh, not blend in with the culture um, as we, you know, respond to Christ, 
we are going to want to do things that will bless other people. Yeah. Um, but that blessing other people should not be showy and separated from our connection to Christ. Mm-hmm. So the world is, is very much in favor of doing good to other people as long as it's not associated to Christ. So maintaining that, I think, is important that yeah. we don't lose sight. We don't get the praise of the surrounding community because of all the good things we do without them ever going. God is doing something there. Christ is involved there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine is right now really is that the Lord would bless our church with more people who, um, going into their seventh decade or their third or fourth decade at the church, continue to love Jesus the way that you two do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's what I hope we see more of. And then that we would be used of God to have a kind of ministry here that would produce that from the beginning mm-hmm. in the nursery you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and raise it on up. That the Lord would be pleased to, to uh, give us all the grace that we need um, to really glorify him in that way. And to move into the next generation, sure. uh, continuing to preach Christ and him crucified. There is much more to be said and shared, but we'll close it for now. Thank you so much for being with us. It's a joy. Thanks for having us. Mm